righty, folks. There you are. Welcome to the podcast. It is Sunday, August 26, 2018. A painfully beautiful day here in Bucks County. The sun is shining. The clouds are puppy. Look like cotton. And I'm hopped up on coffee. Yes! Right where I like to be. Big news right off the bat. The name of the podcast is changing as of this episode. The podcast formerly known as the Brian Francis podcast, which I always found a bit woebegone, that name. A bit uninspired. The new name... Wait for it. Oh, I hate when people do that on internets, but I apparently I'm doing that too. Wait for it. Brr, drunk on coffee. The Drunk on Coffee podcast. So I feel that encapsulates what I do and what this is all about. Where have I been? It's been a little late. Haven't done the podcast. And over a week, I don't know, maybe a week and a half now, don't quite keep track. But the thing is, you're wondering, is he traveling? Is he on vacation? Was he out of town? No, I was just lying on the couch, looking at my laptop, reading Yahoo articles. Just didn't want to. Just didn't want Just reading about Ben Affleck's latest stint in rehab. And, um... Didn't do the podcast, but I'm back now and enthused. Sometimes you have to walk away a little bit. Absence makes the podcast the podcast bonder. Sip of Dunkin' Donuts. Here we go. Ah, yes. Yes. So, drunk on coffee. Welcome aboard. We'll see. Uh... I converted the thing today in the new website, and there might be a couple hiccups, but hopefully it will be a smooth transition in its new form. Not only is the name new, I envision a sort of different, slightly different direction as we enter the fall, the end of August, the beginning of September. Isn't that a time for change a time for new routines, new focus. I've often felt that this time of year seems more credible to come up with resolutions and changes that you want to stick to than January 1st. Because let's face it, January is so miserable, so cold. You're not changing anything. But this feels like a true shifting of the seasons and maybe a shifting of your life. The new podcast, I would like to have it feature some more, some more, one, any, some interviews, interviews. I'm hearing all submissions now. If you've got a story to tell, something interesting in your life, something you're doing that might be fascinating, might be positive, might add to the world, or just might be downright bizarre, let me know. Let me know. Hey, I haven't updated the email yet. So contact me with any way, including the old Brian Francis podcast at Outlook.com. But I'll soon be converting that as well. But get in touch in some way should you want to be interviewed by me because I'm a hard interview. I'm not pitching softballs here, folks. We're going to get right 
to the psychological abuse that happened to you as a child instantly, question one. So that's an idea that I'd like to uh, share and have some of this continued monologue, but also add some more people into the mix because, frankly, I'm getting sick of hearing myself. How much can I ramble on, sing my song, which I heard that Zeppelin song the other day. I never realized what a great bass line that song had. That's John Paul Jones, man. I feel like he's the secret hero of Ramble On. In addition to some guests and some interviews, which I imagine could go down in person or over a phone conversation, so I think anything is possible. In addition to that, some people have reached out and said, hey, can I advertise on your podcast? Oh, the answer is yes. Let me figure out an equitable way to do that. But should you want to shout out for your business, your cause, your thang, let me know. Let me know. And we'll get the ball rolling here. I really want to be more inclusive as we make the turn into the fall. Because it's all about new beginnings. A new beginning for me, I signed up for the Philadelphia Half Marathon on November 17th. So, starting tomorrow, I will begin a 12-week training program for said marathon. It's all about setting up little goals when you hit fall. People kind of buckle down when the weather gets a little cold. You get a little more focused, don't you? So, I'm going to give it a whirl. The most I've ever run is six miles. I've done that a couple times in training for a 10K, but this 13.1-mile feat would be by far the most I've ever run. And frankly, I don't know if I can do it. I simply don't know. And isn't that the fun part of setting a goal? Setting one in which you're truly unsure if you'll accomplish it. So we'll see. I have a specific training program that I downloaded, and uh, my first run will be tomorrow. The loneliness of the long-distance runner. There's a sick part of me that is looking forward to the torture that this will be. Does anyone out there understand that? Does anyone out there mind sort of geared like mine a bit in which your pleasure and your pain are sort of intertwined together? I'm looking forward to the grueling solitude of this, of this training and this, uh, this goal. So we'll see. We'll see. I'll have to change some of the, uh, the settings on the new podcast, maybe do some things on Facebook. Someone said, hey, with the podcast, wouldn't it be cool if I had a separate podcast show that just analyzed your podcast show? I thought that's a great idea, just to scrutinize every single word I say in a sort of post-podcast wrap-up show. Maybe you could be that person. You just archive everything I say. I, I've got uh, Brian Francis live at the Fillmore. Uh, Brian Francis, uh, Europe, 78, 72. What was the... the uh, the Pinnacle Grateful Dead live one. Europe 72, I think. So, not Brian Francis, drunk on coffee. Get it straight. That won't be the first time I'll bungle this, I'm sure. 
Got to create a website for this, uh, a Facebook account for this. Got to get some Instagram stuff going. Got it. And the thing is, I don't want to. My goodness. I don't want to get involved in all of this. I want to be 1980s famous, not 2018. It's so needy, this social media work. Can I just be a recluse, just Jack Nicholson famous? Must I have this constant interaction on the social medias? But we'll see. We'll get on the Facebook and we'll see what we can do with more of that. I have an observation about Facebook. And folks, this might make some of you out there uncomfortable. Some of you may say, Brian, please, you're blowing my cover. Stop. But I got to say it because you come here for the hard truths. If you don't have a Facebook account, I think there's a good chance you're having an affair. I said it. You're scrambling to change. Hey, maybe we should listen to songs instead. You're on a long car ride now with your significant other, and you're scrambling to change the podcast to some, say, some Steely Dan. But I'm going to keep talking. If And someone said, well, wait a minute. My grandmom doesn't have a Facebook account. Is she having an affair? I said, I believe she is. I believe she, I hate to break it to you, but that's, yes. No, my qualifier is this. If you are between the ages of 35 and 55 and you don't have a Facebook account, it's because you're having an affair or multiple affairs. And here's why I say this. You, the way you choose to live your life uh, is a web of lies. And I'm not judging you in any way. Anyone can live their lives however they want to. But a web of lies becomes tangled up in the social media world because your past constantly comes back to you, right? Hey, how you been? Haven't seen you in a while. And these lies start to get crossed and recrossed in the social media world. So the safest thing for you to do would be to avoid social media completely. So, perhaps you have social media but are now thinking of a friend that does not. And you're thinking, hmm, is Drunk on Coffee Podcast onto something? Maybe. Again, don't want to blow anyone's cover. Don't want to uh, judge anyone because we're not here to judge. Just an observation about social media. Another one. If you and your wife share the same Facebook account, there's something wrong there. There's something, this feels like a very controlling relationship. She thinks what I think. We think the same thing always. That's why we have the same names on the account. I don't know about that. Two observations from the world of Facebook. Other things was buying ice cream last night with the family and a woman in front of us said I'll take Jimmy's and in Philly we call them Jimmy's not sprinkles by the way because Jimmy's is the correct name and they said uh, alright we got chocolate and rainbow and she said that's all and I thought what the heck what other flavors are there she threw her arms up in disgust just chocolate and rainbow but what, when are there, have other flavors of Jimmy's been in Invented, we are uh, so we are amusing ourselves to death. That wasn't enough for this woman. Can't we just have enough? What is kombucha, folks? I don't know, but it's 
I'm not going to talk about it. We just I heard the term, and I, I feel like I just don't even want to know. Um, what else? Somebody reached out and said you have a you know about the, doing this podcast. It's something like esteem. To uh, somebody said I have self esteem issues. Too much esteem. Is that possible? Too much esteem. I guess it's still an issue. It's a self esteem issue, but it's just the esteem is calibrated wrong in the wrong direction. That's fine. That's fine. How does an esteem blow this week as we return to the working world as teachers? Although I've been going to meetings and I've taught summer school before, and I'm rarely is it the full summer's off. Your teacher, summer's off. That's usually what people say. English teacher, I should watch my grammar. You should watch spitting on me, first of all, when you talk. Then you should watch your grammar. No, I don't do that. But that's I get that a lot. I should watch my grammar. You don't have to do that. Anyway, gave a presentation in work. I'd say three, a um, couple hundred people in the room. And uh, I feel like I bombed. And I never bomb. I never bomb. I'm, I bomb a lot of things in life, but rarely public speaking. I'm usually poised, energetic, fun, yet vulnerable. But I heard the silence. I said the thing. I waited for the anticipated chuckles. And nothing. Just pure silence. I could actually hear the hum of people's laptops. I was like, hmm, I never realized how loud these laptops are. It was surreal. And then I felt my throat get dry. And then I tried to, you know, you try to work with the room and acknowledge the bomb, but it just kept, it was just a death spiral. And I'm telling you folks, I've slayed at weddings, even at funerals. I even performed the wedding because of my public speaking prowess, but for whatever reason, the public speaking gods left me the other day, and I was up there alone, floundering. Have you ever bombed? Bombed so beautifully and perfectly? The purity of silence. It was stunning. I was almost amused. It didn't really upset me. It was more so amusing. Like, wow. So that was a self-esteem. Maybe not that much self-esteem anymore. After bombing this back-to-school thing. But it's back-to-school now. A lot of teacher meetings. A lot of things go. We prepare for teaching. We do these exercises. And I've been in the game for 17 years now. And it's like, they'll have you do an exercise. Now, this is not verbatim. This is like an example that did not exist. But I can't think of one. But often exercises will be like, all right, here's a sheet. Uh, Circle your three favorite colors on this color wheel. And already I'm like, hmm, what, where is this going? So I'll circle some colors. I'll be like, here, I got turquoise and uh, I got – and they'll be like, okay, you sure? Whenever they say, are you sure? And you're like, oh, this is not – this is going to take a left turn here. So I'll be like, yeah, I guess these are my favorite colors. And they'll be like, okay, well, you're a teacher. You shouldn't see color. And I'll be like, ah, ah, it's a trap. Now, again, that's not a real exercise, but I feel like there's often these professional development situations in which they have you do one thing, and then they pull the rug out from on you and say, it was a trap. That actually wasn't the point of this exercise at all. The point was to see if you'd fall for the trap. 
I think I would like to teach the entire year now just through traps. Just everything we did. It was a trap. Seems to be like the whole year, nothing was sincere. Everything was a trap for nine months. Trap exercises and trap music. That's going to be my theme this year. It's a trap. Like Admiral Akbar, was that his name in Star Wars? His one line? That fleshy pink creature that turns and says, look, the Death Star's deflector's shields are in fact up. Turn around, Rebels. It's a trap. I'm just going trap the whole time. Back to school, went back to school shopping. I was trying to encourage my daughter to buy a, a suitcase as opposed to a school bag. That's a nice briefcase. I think if you really want your children to turn out to be serial killers, the briefcase is probably the way to go. She wanted to, we bounced around. She's into the younger one, wanted to go to a thrift store. She said, I want some like retro clothing. And I was like, fine. And the thrift store, every, every store I go, they ask for your bonus card. Can I get your bonus? You got your special card. You got your, your uh, you know, rewards card. I'm just so sick of it. I'm just like, well, you know, it only takes 10 minutes to sign up. I'm like, but that's 10 more minutes I have to talk to you. No. By no means am I disparaging the fine working class of, of retail, but, you know, it's just how many times they got to get their hooks in you, these uh, these bonus cards. And then at the thrift store, they even asked, you have your rewards card. I said, at the thrift store? I feel like this would be the last place in which bonus cards would be relevant. But they were there. I don't know. When I go to the thrift store, I go through the record collection. There's always these two bands that are resold at thrift stores. There's always Paul Simon. It's usually Graceland. And then there's uh, Herb Albert in Tijuana Brass. And it's usually that one with the girl on the cover that's just wearing whipped cream. Or the one with the bull, the lonely bull. Uh, there must have been just some sort of overstock in the 1970s of these albums because they're always in every thrift store. Go through record collection at a thrift store and you'll find them. I guarantee it. We also donate to the thrift store. So we had this odd experience in which my uh, daughter saw her own shoes that we donated a couple weeks ago priced for $6.99. She contemplated buying them again. She was like, Dad, do you think I should... <laughs> Is there any worse way to throw away money than to give your own shoes away and buy them back? My goodness. I saw a gentleman looking at a pair of shorts that I donated, and I felt like going over there and kind of selling them on them. I'd be like, you know what? These shorts are pretty good. I had these down in Key West. Uh, good time there. They held up nice. They're durable. They don't wrinkle. Who's this psycho trying to sell me on his shorts? That is a bizarre experience, though, seeing your own clothes discard it in a thrift store. And what they priced them. What did my shorts go for? I think $8.99. Not bad. Not a bad price point. <sighs> Back to work, though. And the thing is, I feel like it's not like how it used to be. Like, I'm a professional person that has summers off. I'm a professional summer off person. I know what I'm doing, folks. Now you can't, like a Tuesday afternoon, you go to the coffee shop. It's already packed. 
on a Tuesday afternoon. I'm like, what? what's going on here? Wednesday morning, I go by the tennis courts, four able-bodied men in the 30s playing tennis. I'm like, man, the whole world is upside down. It's no longer my domain this summer. Everyone's encroaching. I can't find a seat anymore. And I get back to school and I feel like it just, and I saw these younger teachers and everyone is like, got a couple tattoos and they're like up on stage and they're very funny and very poised and they know what they're doing up there. And I just had this moment of like, now everybody's me, but younger. Everybody's doing me, but a little better. It was sad. I think this is an existential crisis I'm having. But that's all right. That's what happens. The answer to any math question for me is problem cannot be solved. Because that's a correct answer, right? I cannot solve this problem. I do not have the brain capacity to solve this problem. Problem cannot be solved. So kids, you can take that with you and you're back to school special. Bring that to math class and say, problem cannot be solved. <sighs> but the thing is with back to work, like if people that, that are on Facebook and they post like, making that buck today, going to work, time to earn that cash. Whenever you got a post about working, you're probably not really working. Or you're working in a temp situation that is so uh, scattershot and uh, sporadic that you, this is news. That this is news that you're working. I'm working today, earning that money. You you know, when you've been working for 17 years, you just realize this is the condition. This is just your state of being. If you're bragging about working, I question if you're working. That's it. See, right now it would be nice to have an interview to segue into someone else. It gets a bit much inside my brain. But I'm excited to get back. I really want to inspire these children I'm kind of in a very radical place in education. I'm like, you know those Parkland students that caused a bit of a movement after their school was shot up? I admire them, and I admire uh, the idea that students don't need to wait for the adults to tell them what to do, to give them approval, to be the gatekeepers of quality and direction. These kids can own this world right now. They don't need our approval. They might need some advice. They might need some direction, but the tools they already have, in fact, they understand a lot of the tools better than we do. And I'm talking the tools of social media, the tools of interaction, the tools of youth. So I get a little um, queasy when people just constantly um, brag and boast about college. Can't wait. College. Pictures from college. Because I'm increasingly viewing college as a defunct and sort of empty experience. 
I'm seeing college as something that diminishes, depletes so much money, gets kids started out, first step, bam, right into debt. I wonder how much they're taking away. I wonder how much a professor even standing up there talking about something is relevant anymore. In a world in which you can create your own projects, do your own thing. Yes, if you're going into a specified field, certainly you need gurus. Certainly you need quality control. But if something in the lane of liberal arts, communication, something... I don't know if college is even it anymore. What do you what really think of moments when you learned? Has it been in the classroom? Or has it been through, I don't know. I would create a program, and I'm in one now, that is pretty radical. I'm on the lunatic fringe of education as I teach project-based learning. And I truly believe in it with my entire soul. To do stuff. Make build, volunteer, interact, sweat, help, bleed. These are the things we feel. So I'm increasingly uh, a cheerleader for students that take school in their own direction and also increasingly wary of college worship. Isn't it just Tinder for the middle class? That's an oversimplification. I know some beautiful things and experience and human development happens in these ages and these institutions can be pretty fantastic. But there is a cynic in me, a growing cynic that wonders, that wonders if the debt and the cost is worth the outcome. We went to the Grange Fair the other night, Was is an agricultural fair in Bucks County, and it is by far my favorite fair. It is one that I mark on the calendar months in advance, and it is beautiful to see goats and chickens and llamas and alpaca, because there's a difference. All celebrated at this Grange Fair. I like going down a row of cages with chickens, and each one has a little ribbon on the cage. It might say, seventh place, rooster. And I see the pride in the rooster's eyes, like, that's right. Next year, I'll be back. I'm shooting for fifth place. These animals are all groomed and taken care of by either farmers or the 4-H club of Bucks County or other uh, kids that are interested in raising livestock, and it's a blast. It is a blast, that seventh-place rooster. Everyone gets a prize. Even the most mangy-looking chicken comes home with a little participation prize. Now, in school, I'm against this, everyone gets trophy culture. But when it comes to the Grange Fair, I think every chicken should get a prize. I'm a little more lenient. Perhaps some of you are thinking, if they didn't earn it, don't give them the ribbon. But, man, I don't drive that hard of a line like you. The Bucks County Grange Fair also features a tractor parade, which is like something you've never seen before either. 
So I would love to be a part of it next year. Maybe I'll be a judge. Perhaps I could judge the cucumber section as farmers put their vegetable harvest on a table and even the vegetables and fruits get prizes. That's kind of a very relaxing sort of fair. It's not going on the Gravitron. It's looking at cucumbers on a table. <laughs> Sometimes that's more my speed. Just looking at a couple herbs. Oh, basil, third place. Nice. Sometimes that's all I want. Just relax and just chill out. The marathon training begins tomorrow uh, with just one mile. They sort of bait you in, and I can pretty easily now bang out about three miles at a clip. Uh, and so I'm actually week one and week two. It's taking a step backwards. But I know the thing's going to increase in the Saturdays of the long run, so we'll see. I like this project. It's another project I had that I never pulled the trigger on. It's always been in my mind, and I fear that the window is gone now, but I would have always wanted to have hiked the Appalachian Trail. To start in Georgia and wind my way upward into Maine, that's how most people do it, from south to north, as they follow the spring weather. You would start in Georgia around March and just work your way up. What if you walked for six months? Like, would you? What would that do to your brain? You must think there's nothing I can't do at this point. I've walked over two thousand miles. I like long projects. I have fairly strong legs and back. I have a bit of an enjoyment of misery, if that makes sense. I feel like this would have been the perfect thing for me. And maybe it will happen someday still. But I admire these through hikers because we went with the, my daughters last week for a hike at Hawk Mountain, the Pinnacle. And uh, I've done this trail before and I've encountered some through hikers along the way. Through hiker, the term for a hiker that's doing the entire Appalachian Trail. And, uh, oh, there's always a part of me that thinks, take me with you. Where are you going? I always just pepper them with so many questions. Where, where did you sleep? Did you see any bear? Does it, is it raining? Is it, do you injure yourself at all? Is it cool? How do you, what do you do for food? I just pepper these people constantly. Uh, and I think they know, they can see it. Like, uh, he wants to be one of us, and I do. But, man, what a goal. What a goal. So that's how I see this marathon, is setting up a goal that is physical in nature. Um, in my mind, that, that seems to be important. Now, what do you say? I'll fail. It's possible. But I want you to hold me to this, dear listener. Hold me to this. When you want to do something, you're supposed to publicly declare it, right? So then you have the potential for public shame if you fail. So I've raised the stakes now by including you in my gambit. 
I'll close out by saying one of the uh, this is a continuing theme, and maybe this will be the uh, a piece, an ongoing piece in the Drunk on Coffee podcast. And I labeled this section "Stuff Brian Says to Uber Drivers." We were out the other night, took an Uber home, and uh, I was reading that sometimes instead of asking someone, what do you do when you meet someone, which is often the American response, what do you do? What do you do? Oh, I'm a teacher in high school, and I do that. Instead of saying that, I read this article in which the person encouraged you to say, what's your passion? What's your passion? So as you know, I like to try out new verbal things, new conversations with Uber drivers because it's anonymous and the stakes are low. So midway through our ride home, I turned to the Uber driver and said, what's your passion? This gentleman appeared to be about 50 years old uh, and he was a a bit taken aback. What's my passion? I said, yes. And I explained the nature of the question. I feel like it would not have gone anywhere had I not given him a little context. I said, I've read sometimes we can have more meaningful discourse in life if we open with what's your passion. So I'm wondering what yours is. And he thought about it for a minute and his response blew my mind. He said, my passion, I guess if I had to say one passion, It's uh, probably reading Tropical Fish magazines. I said, what? Reading Tropical Fish? He said, yeah, man, I got stacks of them at home. And I just, man, the colors and the the different fish and then the aquarium. And I said, you know, do you you own Tropical Fish? And he was like, nah, I wish. (laughs) And I thought, man. This guy, he just, he said, I wish like, you know, the the dream was so just insurmountable to own tropical fish that like, please, I don't live in a fantasy world. Uh, I'm trying to be a realist here, but I feel like if that's your passion, that he must, well, maybe we start a GoFundMe page to get this guy tropical fish. I don't know. It just seems achievable to me. That he should not set his bar so low that it's just going to revolve around um, Tropical Fish magazines. I feel like he should own Tropical Fish. So anyway, I'd say using that query as opposed to what do you do, uh, one for one. (laughs) I think that worked out really well. I would have never, never have known that. So there you go. Try that out. Next time you meet someone... What's your passion? What's your passion? Think about it. What's your passion? Signing off from the newly named Drunk on Coffee. Questions, comments, concerns, complaints. Contact the old email, which should be changing fairly soon at Brian Francis Podcast at Outlook.com. Looking for potential interviewees? Also, if you've got an ad or something you want to give a shout out to, let's talk. Let's talk. As always, thanks for joining me. Enjoy the rest of this beautiful day. 
and we'll do it again soon. Later.